From Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Friday, December 9th. I'm Marco Werman. European leaders reach a deal they hope will solve the Euro debt crisis. It'll take a while to see if it works. One thing we already know, Britain wants no part of it. We're not in the Euro, and I'm glad we're not in the Euro. And later, we profile the Yemeni woman who's sharing this year's Nobel Peace Prize. A witness recounts her courage during anti-government protests at home. We're, we're running, yeah, and then we hear shots. She was suffocating from tear gas. And she run, they, they take her to the makeshift hospital. She's okay, and then she comes right back. BBC News with Ian Purden. The European Union has decided to press ahead without Britain with a plan to forge a tighter fiscal union. The plan is to sign a pact by March if national parliaments agree. The British Prime Minister David Cameron was the only one of the 27 EU leaders to refuse to take part. From Brussels, here's Andrew Walker. The core of what the summit agreed was a system of tougher discipline over government finances. The deal has been accepted by the 17 countries that use the euro and six others. Three of the remaining leaders will consult their parliaments so Britain could end up completely isolated. Those who do take part will accept new limits on borrowing and face possible sanctions if they break the rules. They also agreed measures to increase the funds available for bailouts of struggling governments. It'll be done as an agreement between the countries that want to participate. Some, including the German leader Angela Merkel, would have preferred amendments to EU treaties, which require all governments to agree. But David Cameron wanted some guarantees about the regulation of financial services, which he was unable to get. Mr Cameron says he acted in Britain's national interest by refusing to sign up to a new EU treaty, but he admitted that Britain's relationship with Europe had now changed. The BBC's Nick Robinson assesses how Mr Cameron's decision will be viewed. Did they think he was bluffing or didn't they care? Europe's leaders heard David Cameron threaten to veto a new EU treaty, but few, including, I ought to say, me, believed that he'd actually do it. The Prime Minister argues that signing up without the safeguards he wanted, would have allowed the Eurozone to dictate new rules which would have damaged the City of London as a global financial capital. The institutions of Europe, the civil servants in the Commission, the judges in the court, would, he thinks, have become their servants. Now he faces a different risk, though, isolation, as most, perhaps all, the other countries not in the Eurozone look set to decide to take part in this new Euro club. The main opposition candidate in the Democratic Republic of Congo has rejected official results showing the incumbent Joseph Kabila won the presidential election. Etienne Chisakedi said he considered himself to be the elected president and described as a provocation the announcement of victory for his rival. There's a heavy security presence in the capital, Kinshasa, because of fears of post-election violence. A BBC correspondent in Kinshasa says that gunshots have been heard close to Mr Chisakedi's home. The Foreign Minister of South Sudan has told the BBC that the fighting along the country's northern border with Sudan is the most serious threat to peace since the South's independence in July. The minister, Nial Deng Nial, said that Sudan's incursion around the town of Jao could lead to the outbreak of full-scale hostilities between the two states. World News from the BBC. 
Nations seeking a strong deal at the United Nations climate talks in Durban have received an apparent setback. Draft texts prepared by the host South Africa say that any new global agreement on cutting emissions should not take effect until 2020. The European Union and more than 70 of the world's poorest nations say this is too late to prevent major consequences. They're calling for a legally binding global agreement as soon as possible. Police in the Indian city of Calcutta investigating a fire which has killed nearly 90 people at a privately run hospital have arrested six officials, including the owners. Many of the casualties were patients trapped on upper floors. Rahul Tandon is there. Most of those who died were in the orthopaedic ward and the intensive care unit. Survivors say that most of the fire extinguishers did not work, whilst locals say that the emergency services were slow to react.